0: Well, let's go to James chapter 3, and I'm starting a new series that's very timely place right before the holidays, right before we have extended time with extended family. Very strategic, taming the tongue. And I'm telling you this, I preach this message to you as a fellow, uh, fellow journeyman trying to submit my language and talk to the Holy Spirit. We're going to see, we're going to help each other. We're going to help each other by looking at these scriptures and then together as a body when we end this service today, um, we're going to submit our mouths to the power of the Holy Spirit. And Satan's strategy to bring chaos to our life will be exposed by the preaching of his word. Already the fact that you took time to come to church today You've already defeated one of Satan's strategies, which is to isolate you and for you to be alone. There is power when the community of God hears the word of God together. There's an anointing on his word and we find that in devotions. But when we come together as a body and we hear from the Lord together, there's a power of his presence that's with us. And when his presence is with us, it gives life to these words. It gives life to these subjects. And so this is transformational preaching and teaching and gathering. I really believe today that your life will be impacted by what we're doing. If not, why are we here we're here to honor God. And by honoring God, he impacts our life. So there's a lot of powerful things that are small. You know, that now we can hold unbelievable, unbelievable amount of information in a chip that you could put on your fingertip. And so the ramifications of that is in your pocket right now or in your purse or in your hand is a mobile device that is a computer in years gone by, in just a few decades ago, it would have taken warehouses to store all of the information that you have right here in your hand or in your pocket. It's amazing, we don't really use these anymore, but very often with those small little MP3 players that are like a square, you could hold thousands and thousands of songs on those. It's amazing how something small can be so powerful. But we're going to see in the scripture today that one of the most powerful weapons in this world that is also very small is right between our teeth today. James talked about the power of our language, the power of the spoken word, the power of the tongue. In James chapter three, you'll see here today that he uses the example of a bit, a rudder and a spark. I can't think of a better example to first century Christians and subsequently to us today of an example of three things that help us see the power of our tongue. Three things that are very small but have great influence. The bit, the rudder, and the spark. And those are, those are the equivalent to the power of these small tongues we hold in, your, in our mouths. James chapter 3 Starting with verse three, it says it this way. Now, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we also guide the whole animal. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Here's our first point today. Like the bit, our rudder, the tongue controls the direction of our lives. Write that down. The tongue controls the direction of our life. The bit and the rudder are very small, but they're extremely important. They, the, the bit controls the entire horse. The rudder gives the direction to the ship, even in the fiercest of storms. And I believe that how we choose to use our tongue, the words we say, scripture tells us the things we declare over ourselves and over others, manifest the attitudes that are in our heart. And so it is that our choice of language can literally set our destiny. Our choice of language can either align us with God's character and God's word, or it can put us on a path that is far away from his plan. So here's the answer: Why don't we just stop talking, right? Well, you know, less words would be helpful. And and I tried that. In fact, in fact, uh, I was talking to my sister yesterday, and she said the last time we went to dinner, you didn't talk very much. Was everything okay? And I just said, No. Listen, I decided to quit dominating the conversation. <laughs> I decided just to listen a little more. My wife is very smart. She has great things to say. I heard a great story from her. And um, plus, I get to, y'all, y'all have to listen to me 30 minutes a week, right? So uh, when I get together in social settings, I'm trying to listen more than talk anyway. So we, we, you know restricting our language, the, the Proverbs talks about that. But let's just say uh, we decided, hey, I don't want to sin anymore through my mouth. So I'm just not going to talk at all. You ever tried that? Some of you are thinking to your spouse or to your friend. That's a good idea. You need to be listening to the sermon right now. But you don't solve the problem of an unruly horse by keeping it in the barn. You don't fix a hard to steer ship by keeping it tied to the dock. In the same way, even if we take a vow of silence, ultimately it won't be the answer for the misuse of the tongue because those words and wrong attitudes are in our minds and in our hearts. So, so though a restriction of words can be valuable, sometimes it doesn't change the heart. And what I'm going to do and what the scripture does is it really gives us a hopeless outlook about our mouths and it breaks down our hope. So we can turn to our only hope, which is a transformation by the power of the Holy spirit. Every person is undisciplined with their mouth at some point or some time, okay? Some of us may be better in certain social situations. or we maybe someone like me? Well, I, I was about to say, I'm pretty disciplined when I preach, but you've heard me preach for a long time. You know, that's not necessarily true. But we, we, have, we have different places where we're maybe disciplined with our tongues, but no one is 100% disciplined with their language and with their words. And the scripture is gonna show us why it's, because it's in the heart. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Have you ever said something out loud? And as you're saying it, you just see the words just move out of your mouth. It's like super slow motion happens. And and you're like, I wanna take that back. Please come back, words. please come back. And you just watch it just land on somebody's ears and you can just see their whole countenance change. Okay, has that ever happened to anyone in here? You know, if you have a quick wit, a quick wit, and and it's it can gain you some notoriety and some and some friendship, but it can also really really mess you up. And I personally think I'm really funny. If you get to know me in a social setting, I think I'm really funny. And um, so, this is my daughter Abby in the second row, and and uh, her and my wife Beth. They they think what I think is funny is mean. They'll say, Yes, yeah, so mean. And so my um, my second son Luke, who we have similar personalities, he told me, he's like, Dad, he's real serious all the time, Dad. He goes, You'd be so funny if you weren't scared of getting in trouble by mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm gonna tell you that uh, I've got a good wife who, who loves people and is full of compassion, and so she she's my partner and teammate, and I'm glad I'm glad that she holds me accountable. I, but the problem with quick wit is is that the stuff it just comes; it's so funny. It comes so fast, man. It's just running through your brain. Pastor Matt, now, he he's not good for me to hang around with socially. We work good together, but he starts laughing at me, and it's like fuel on my fire. He's like, ha-ha! <laughs> He slaps his knee. He makes me feel like the funniest person in the world, and it's like I get addicted, and I just, I just can't stop with these jokes. And then, and then uh, Pastor Deborah just looks at us and shakes our head, shakes our head, you know, our, our conscience in the in the office there. So, so I've been there. It's like, whoa, these words come back, please come back home. And and so, what do we do immediately after we say this? Word? Oh, I didn't really mean that. And then, unfortunately, Christians know the Bible, so they're like, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, that's what you really meant. So. So then I, I've tried this technique, too, as I've tried to get more control over my tongue. I, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this f- funny joke, and then the Holy Spirit stops me. I'm like, no, I can't say that. And people, no, 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 go ahead and tell me anyway. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to tell No, come on, come on, come on. And then it's like, now it's like you're being Satan right now. You're trying to get me to say something that's not that, that the Holy Spirit's trying to help me get control over. So th- these are some of the things we all struggle with. But I want to encourage you with this. It, I, I will say this. I, I tell you these stories, too. To help identify with you, and like I'm a human being like you, but it's there's been a drastic, drastic change in my life over the years. I mean, I'm not the same person that I used to be when it comes to my mouth, and 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 this is one of the reasons I'm passionate about this subject, you know. And and I I know this. I believe that wherever you are right now, wherever you are, you can get more control over your tongue through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can get more control over your mouth. It's not hopeless. When we have God on our side. Here's the part that really, really damages me. And I, I love pastoring. And a I, I, I pastor, we work with people. And, and being a pastor is just messy. Being a pastor is messy, okay? If you're a special speaker somewhere, you can go speak and leave, right? I, I do that occasionally. I did that yesterday with Community Church men's retreat. And I loved it. It was great. But you speak and you leave and you don't have to deal with the mess. Being a pastor, I love that because, because we deal, we're we in the middle of the stories. We're, we're in the middle of, of all the messiness of life. And here's the truth number two. A careless spark in our words can create uncontrolled disaster. And we see this illustration really monthly right now in the news. There's always a fire. I don't want to minimize this, but there's always a fire in California now. There's always a a fire somewhere in the nation, just so you know that the, the researchers have shown that weather related news stories increase viewership, so that 's one of the reasons why there 's always a weather story, always a weather story that 's not to minimize the pain people are going through, but it's just that 's just a fact. what once was a regional story is a perpetual national story so we know this that um, in the west and in different areas of our country, fires are spreading all the time. And, and there's pyrotechnic people, pyromaniacs is what they call them, who like to start these fires and watch the news. And, and just a little bitty spark under conditions of dry conditions and the wind can be destructive. And it's so sad to see people lose their businesses and homes uh, over irresponsibility. It's so sad. I mean, that, that is a really an, an evil thing to do. James chapter 3, verse 5, so too... Though the tongue is a small part of the body, little bitty tongue, it boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites. Now look at what the Bible says. The tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body. It sets the course of life on fire. It, it is set on fire by hell. The fire of the tongue has been used to burn many, many people. There's a lot of bitter pain out there because of a word spoken against someone. You know that a misspoken word can burn someone and the scars last a lifetime. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to submit to Him. And I need, And I feel like I have. I've submitted my humor to the Holy Spirit. Sarcasm, we've got to submit to the Holy Spirit. Opinions, we've got to submit to the Holy Spirit because the tongue is deadly without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the control and the constraint of the Lordship of God, we can just damage people. And, 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 and working with kids, you see this all the time, working with junior hires. And, and, and it just, you know, it, I know that there's a lot of, they're, they're learning social socially, but man, junior high kids are just so mean. So mean, and, 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 and it's and it's in that life that, unfortunately, a lot of times during that phase of life, that they realize um, how painful words are because they receive the effects of that. The, the casual, sarcast, sarcastic or critical remark can inflict a lasting injury on someone else. Here's a here's a scripture that changed my life. I cha- it changed my life. I, I learned the scripture when I was in. I read it when I was in college. And it stuck with me ever since I've prayed through the scripture a lot. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Um, I, back in college, I used to read the NIV, which is a great translation, too. And, and the NIV is where I memorized the scripture. And I've prayed this because uh, quick wit and just popping off um, I felt like I was a good person. I was one who went around and preached at churches, and I was a children's pastor at the time. But um, I'd say stuff that made everybody laugh, and, and it, it brought me some kind of uh, acclaim. But but I realized this is really damaging people. It's hurting my ministry. It's hurting my reputation. It's just not worth it. And, and the, the phrase, reckless words, means words you're not thinking about. Words, it's just... You're not giving any thought to, kind of like the illustration. They're just coming out, and you're you're trying to reel them back in. It pierces like a sword, and we've all been there, right? We've all had a criticism, or a cut down, or even something that's really small that is like, oh, it's like a little pain in our spirit and our soul. And and I know as parents, every one of us have hurt our kids' feelings. I mean, it just we just have, we just have. And, and, and I hate that. I hate, I hate it when I've said things that hurt my kids' feelings and I humble myself and apologize. And, and I thank God, you know, children are so forgiving, are they not? Children are so forgiving. I love, I love the, the, the quickness children have to forgive and the quickness that teenagers had to forgive. And I have a great relationship with my kids. That's why I can say these things to you. This is not like public confession to make Abby feel better now. We talk about these things and I humble myself before them at the time at certain points when I needed to and thank God for the forgiving heart of the kids but, but we, we, we need to get better don't we right? right we need to get better from this point forward we need to get better we need to say Holy Spirit you've got to get my mouth you've got to get my tongue you've got to get control over me Holy Spirit I'm dangerous without you Holy Spirit think about that statement I never thought about that statement until just now but that's a good one I'm dangerous without you Holy Spirit but no, we, we think hey, I'm pretty cool I've got it under control. I've got a communication degree from MTSU, so I've got it under control. Nothing wrong with the Blue Raiders, but um, it's a good school and everything. I, 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 uh, I teach English at the high school. I know how to use my words. I'm a preacher. I've been preaching the gospel for 25 years. I know how to publicly speak. I've got it. I've got it. No, you're... I'm dangerous without the Holy Spirit. My tongue is evil without the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm reckless. I'm going to literally, like swords are going to come out of my mouth. This is, this, is, this is what I saw. I saw like swords coming out of my mouth, not the sword of the Spirit, but fleshly swords that are piercing people I love. This, this is not of God. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 in the New King James. Like a madman who throws firebrands arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Man, we've used that excuse a lot. You know? I was only joking, man. Lay off it. I mean, doesn't that work? You're ugly, you're stupid, I don't like being around you. (laughs) I'm only joking. (laughs) That doesn't work, does it? You know? It'd be better to let the Holy Spirit get control of that on the front end. The front end. Here's an interesting observation. Think about this. There are not many sins that don't involve talking in some way. I'm going to say that again. There are not many sins that don't involve talking in some way. James isn't telling us here to never speak or to never take a vow of silence. In many ways, that would be easier than exercising true self-control allowing the Holy Spirit to get control. I'm amazed at the human capacity for sacrifice and self-control. Some of those survival shows, whether they are true or not, they sure are amazing, aren't they? These guys and gals who spend the night in Antarctica and create an igloo or stay in the desert, they never really tell you where the camera crew and producers are during that time. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. You guys are too spiritual to watch TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm amazed at the American worker who is on the assembly line and who works a, repeti- a job with repetition. And they're worthy of respect. In Labor Day, we do that to a certain extent. But that repetitive work, the discipline it takes to do the same task for eight hours in a day, I, I just think that's amazing. I'm really amazed at you marathon runners. 26 miles? That is an ungodly number. I I could probably run three or four right now, but man, I've never run over six or seven miles before. 26 miles. I would ask you if you've done that, but you marathon runners are too prideful anyway. So, uh, you know, we'll just look for your 26 sticker on the back of your car. Uh, 26.1, all right. Thank you. I think, I think it's even more than that, but it, 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 let's not let the details get in the way of a joke here. Uh, I'm amazed at artists who work years on paintings and sculptures. I'm amazed at authors who write hundreds of pages a year. It's amazing. Humans have great discipline in many areas except in what they say. Number three, you cannot tame your tongue. That's the bad news. Only God can control it. And when you realize that in my own discipline, in my own personality, in my own family heritage, because family heritage greatly affects our language, And and, and we need to admit that. And and when you change the way that you speak, you're, you're not dishonoring your heritage. You're actually honoring it when you're aligning language with the word of the Lord. So if your family enjoys sitting around just making fun of people, be the leader and don't do that. James 3, 7 says, every sea creature, reptile, bird, or animal is tamed and has been tamed by man. But Verse 8 says this, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. Verse 8, full of deadly poison. We, we show remarkable discipline in so many areas, yet we cannot tame the tongue perfectly. It's poisonous, it's slanderous. We, we, we literally kill people's reputation with words we say. And I, I see people all the time whose reputation is, are whose character is assaulted by words. And there, there is a vindictive spirit that sometimes we don't realize the violence through our tongues. We may not physically assault a person, we may not hit them or use a weapon against them, but we use our language to tear them down and to break down their reputation and break down who they are. We, we could say this, and it's true, that only God himself is mightier than the human tongue. Only God Himself. Isaiah had a vision of the presence of God, and we find in Isaiah chapter 6 what happened. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne. So this is pretty amazing. And it says, His robe filled the temple so now verse two through four, you can look it up later, gives all of this description that basically the, pre, the, the throne of God was so amazing that like Isaiah was just grasping for words and he was trying to like create this word picture, but it, it was just incomplete. And so we, we, we learn about the throne of God, but what we learn the most about the throne of God is it's indescribable because human words can not describe how great his presence is. And that's kind of verse two through four. And then look what happens in verse five, look at his reaction. Verse five, Isaiah said, then I said, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips because my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. When Isaiah experienced the presence of God and the view of God, his reaction was, my lips are unclean and I live among a people with unclean lips. It was the humility to say, the humility to say, I can't control the tongue. And when I'm in the presence of God compared to his holiness and righteousness, I realize how poor my language is and how damaging my language is and how hurtful my choice of words are and how I've used word. My words have, uh, when it's not controlled by the spirit has destroyed people and hurt people. And Oh Lord, it's not just me. It's everyone. It's everyone. We live in in a, in a world where um, foul language is celebrated. We, 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 we laugh at crude language. We giggle at crude language. And and, and we are an unclean people with unclean lips. But there's hope. Now that we know that. This is what Ephesians chapter 5 says after the giving of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus reconciled us to God through the gospel, Paul wrote these words, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions. But... Be filled. Another verse says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. Verse 19, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. You know what this tells me? That when the Holy Spirit gets control of our lives, it starts affecting our language. Maybe it's one of the reasons that when the Holy Spirit was given in Acts chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 19, that it affected people's language. Sometimes people prophesied. Sometimes people spoke in new languages. Sometimes people declared the praises of God very boldly. You see, there's a great connection between the power of the Holy Spirit in our mouths and our lips. I want us to stand together. I don't have to ask people to raise their hands today. Because if I did, I'd raise double hands. We just need to give the Holy Spirit control of our tongues. We need to give the Holy Holy Spirit control of our mouths. And I'm going to give you that opportunity today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. just surrender your mouth to the Lord. Just surrender your language to the Lord. I want my mouth to be a fountain of blessing. I want to be an encourager. I want to speak prophetically the word of the Lord into people's hearts. I'm tired of hurting people. I'm tired of damaging people. I want want a sweetness to come out of my words, oh Lord. Lord, I I want a a sweetness to come out of my words so that um, all who listen will benefit the book of Ephesians has a scripture and it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others. Some of us need to submit our cuss words back to the Lord. You you can justify, well, it's just words. What, What does it mean? I understand it's kind of a cultural thing. The Bible doesn't list what cuss words are, but there is a spirit of rebellion behind those words. And that's why we like to use them. Because it it makes us feel powerful, it makes us feel, but it's a, as as a culture, we've said those are crude words, those are off-limit words, and so we are are showing um, better grace and reflecting God's character better when we just lay those down, and I just want to challenge teenagers in here to stop cussing, stop cussing teenagers, and I want to tell you something, that God will distinguish you if you stop that. I know this is true. I talked to some of you about this at the fall retreat, but I'm reemphasizing because I know not all of you were at the fall retreat, that uh, my life was distinguished and my best friend's life was distinguished because we didn't cuss. We didn't cuss on our football team. We didn't cuss, and God used that. And, and if you, any type of small, personal, little bit of, of, uh, of criticism or being made fun of for that will not outweigh the influence God will give you if you're disciplined with your tongue. People that you've been talking bad about, about, guys. Let's all try to speak blessings over them. Let's just change it right now. Let's just change it right now. Let's just change it. Just speak a blessing over people. A blessing. We're 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 a conduit of the Spirit. We're, His Spirit just flowing through us to speak words of blessing, words of life that are coming come out. Words of. I, I, I believe we need to be careful how we speak to the unknown. There's people we don't know personally, public figures. That it is not graceful. It is not good uh, for us to just. Um, uh, talk to people talk about people in such inappropriate ways, and so so wh- whether it 's me and whether it 's another public figure and you know whatever we, we need to watch our language it would please the Lord, it would please the Lord and what 's going to happen this if, if we know that um, our language is connected with the power of the Holy Spirit and the language is a reflection of our heart that, that yes, it comes from the heart, but if we begin to change our habits with our language, it begins to change our heart also. There's a new anointing that's going to come. There's going to, a new anointing that's going to come on your life. There's a new anointing that's going to come on everyone's life, on this church, when we let the Holy Spirit get control of our language and our tongue. So we submit that to you, Lord. Let it be, Lord. Let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I just wanted to to pray together today. I just felt like God wanted us to pray together on this issue right now. Submit it to the Lord. If you're willing to right now, if you're willing, you don't have to do this, but I want to invite you to do this, just kind of open your palms like I'm doing right now, just to to submit this to the Lord. Father, right now, we just submit our language to you. We submit our tongues to you. Father, right now, we believe this is a preemptive teaching as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas because Lord we know that many m- m- the Satan wants to divide families and wants to divide people through words. So Father Lord we are submitting our words to you right now and we're just asking for the help of the Lord. Lord we just need your help God we just need the help of the Lord. We can't do it without you we've got to have your help oh God we've got to have your help oh Lord and we just thank you and we praise you for that. And we love you for that. You're a good, good God. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.